the Luminous Possibilities Podcast. We offer a diversity of perspectives from many fields of medicine, esoteric and ancient wisdom, and subtle energy, arts, and sciences. Find deeply fulfilling pathways for co-creating yourself, life, and human communities around you. Find inspiring attunements to your own optimal living roadmap, true authentic self, and the most radiant frequency for living life to the fullest. Welcome, everybody. I'm Keenan White, your host of Luminous Possibilities podcast. And this is the beautiful Stara or Mara Satara. Hi, Keenan. I'm happy to be here with you. Excited to chat today. I'm excited to chat with you too. So, we've got some fun conversations to have tonight. Yeah, we've been talking about opening the conversation about channeling and light language and some of those interesting topics that have been coming up in conversation with a lot of our friends and really opening that up to a wider audience. Yeah, there's a lot of things we we speak about that are they're pretty far out, huh? Maybe yeah. to the general public. <laughs> yeah, I think when you create a bubble of really great friends and community around you, sometimes you don't really realize that some of the things that become normalized to you are not so normal in the outside world. And that's actually a really cool thing because we get to bring these conversations to a wider audience. And I think there's a lot of curiosity. Most of us that we're hanging out, out with at Luminous Possibilities really believe the world is awakening and there's an ascension process happening. And so that level of curiosity is spreading wider and wider. And people hear terms like channeling or light language or, I don't know, star seeds. And it really stands out to them, although they don't know what it is, it feels resonant in some way. So that's, I think, what I'm most excited about sharing through this podcast is getting that out there for people who are curious. Me too. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful way of putting it. So before we dive in, there's, there's a few angles we can take. How about you just speak a little bit about what, what it is you're, you're most interested in right now, what it is you're creating um, what what are you creating professionally at the moment? And what, what's your vision for the future? Oh my goodness, there's so many amazing things that are unfolding. It's happening so quickly. In the last two years, I've gone from being someone that I thought didn't have any psychic gifts, didn't know how to channel. I didn't know what a starseed was. I wasn't open to any of that. And now I can regularly tune into the light language frequencies, both from the angelic realms, extraterrestrials. Uh, I can work with those frequencies with my clients and really help them to attune their chakras and um, just kind of being open to it from a place of play. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, for those of us who maybe grew up in religion, we can kind of feel like spirituality has to be kind of serious because there's this whole idea of suffering and things being difficult. And so I think what's most alive for me is bringing the concept of spiritual play through all of these different explorations and really supporting people in understanding that you can't do it wrong. If you're in that space of playing, exploring, uh, feeling into different things that are coming up, you know, there's all this fear that bad things can happen and, you know, you can do it wrong and you can mess it up. And if we can sort of get rid of that and support people around a more free flow, 
play in all of those different areas, whatever comes up for them and what they want to explore. I think that's probably what's most alive in my work right now. That's amazing. Yeah. To, to take out the, the fear, this, uh, this way of, you know, not being able to explore some of these more magical sides of spirituality and, and really just being alive. Um, it's, it's unfortunate that, that a lot of those conversations are in some ways held in the, in the closet or held in the dark. And there's a lot, there's a lot of people, including myself, I've really experienced that too. You know, it just felt like, wow, this is, this doesn't seem normal. And like, what, what are people going to think about this? Right. And I think it just kind of starts with just having some conversations about it and seeing, seeing who's attracted to some of that. And, and I, I find my own intention around, um, really wanting to connect more people who feel like they're alone in wh- what they're thinking and they're feeling and they're going through and just connect them to more people who are, you know, who are going through the same thing. Yeah, I think community is huge. That's been the piece that has probably brought the most profound shifts in my life are the people that I've met and been able to have these conversations with, including you, including, you know, our whole cool pod that we get to hang out with that we do Friday dinners with. I mean, there's, there's incredible conversations that can happen, but when you feel isolated or alone or weird, and you don't feel like you have anyone you can turn to, to ask your questions, you can kind of feel stuck. And that takes the the play and the fun element out of it because you start thinking, you know, maybe I'm the only one. And I think normalizing these types of conversations through luminous possibilities is going to be huge for people to be able to connect to their community, connect to practitioners that see the world the way that they're starting to see the world and to know that they can get support uh, as they open up to what's really alive and developing in their systems. Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So there's so much to, to talk about. I'm almost just kind of like, where do we go? Um, <laughs> Let's talk about channeling. I think that's a really <laughs> cool thing because I never in a million years would have thought I would be a channel for anything. And in the last two years, my ability to medium and speak to beings who have passed on and are on the other side has really come online. My ability to see past lives and support people in using uh, past life exploration to understand their soul's deeper wisdom has come online. Light language has come online, which is another way of channeling. I work with channeled art, channeled oils and water. So there's, I think the idea of channeling is something that we could kind of explore and then we could dive into a little bit more on some of the different ways. And maybe I can guide people through a meditation to maybe begin to open that channel. That would be amazing. Yeah, let's do that. And and I think it would be useful for people to understand a little bit more about your background before we go into that. So how did you get into all this? What's, can you give us a, you know, a brief um, sort of synopsis on what led you to this way of being in the world? And was there a moment where you felt activated Well, if I go back to the beginning of this life, at least, uh, I was born into a rather religiously structured family. So I grew up believing that people who didn't believe the way that I believed were basically, I don't want to say bad and wrong, but going to hell. And that was always sort of how I was raised. And it wasn't until I was 26 years old when my grandmother died that someone I had worked with for years walked up to me and said, I am so sorry your grandmother went to hell. 
And he said it in such a compassionate voice because he really meant it. And everything in my system based on how I was raised should have said, you know, you're right. Thank you so much for your compassion. And instead, all I wanted to do was scream, fuck you at the top of my lungs. And I just felt in my, it, all the way to my core that that couldn't be true. And that really shook the dark box I was living in and it sort of cracked. And then spirit was so gentle with me and how I was led out of that box. And I felt like the pacing was perfect. So I would have uh, somebody that I would meet at a networking event that worked with angels. And at least I knew angels from the reference from the Bible. And so that felt pretty comfortable. And so I started working with her and then different books would get recommended. And so it was at first a very slow process so that I had time to digest and not feel overwhelmed and kind of work my way out of that more structured belief system. And then I really had to do some work around understanding my view of who I see Jesus to be as he was kind of the main structure of the religion that I was a part of. And I read a book uh, called The Power Within You by Eric Butterworth. And it basically reworks everything that Jesus said to to really understand what I believe he was actually saying. And that really helped to kind of unlock the gates. And then I moved to Colorado, ended up meeting some incredible women, started a women's circle, read the Sophia code, did some shamanic journey work. And that it started to feel like everything was sort of picking up pace, but it was really at my own pace. And I feel like I have a really great guide team, including Green Tara on the other side of the veil that really supported me in that awakening. And I love, I think one of my favorite things to talk to people about is their path and kind of what they are led through, what books show up for them, what different types of, you know, work and processes and how their soul guides them because every single person's journey down this road of awakening is different. And I think it's a, a really cool thing to see. But for me, it's been in the past two years, really, really amplified by the fact that I'm not afraid to have these conversations anymore with my community. And I feel like spirit is really amplifying that community, bringing more people to it. And that's what's allowing all of us to kind of activate each other and activate each other's systems. And everyone is exploring what they know. I like to say remembering to remember and forgetting to forget instead of remembering to forget and forgetting to remember. And that's been really exciting to, to see that happen with all of the incredible souls. I mean, I'm just in so much gratitude constantly for the beings that we get to play with and the beings that are coming together around luminous possibilities and just can't wait to see kind of where it goes from there. But that's basically kind of my story in a nutshell of how I got here to this point, talking about talking to aliens and extraterrestrials. I should say they don't like to be called aliens. Actually, they don't really care. <laughs> what am I saying? Talking to water, talking to dead people, talking to <laughs> whoever wants to talk. So it's amazing. It's a, it's a whole world out there. And it's, I find it to be interesting how it sort of started at this moment of really, it's almost like your, your intuition got activated at that, at that time where you, you know, someone said, you're going to hell. And it's like, wait, what is it about me? And what's happening at this moment? This doesn't, this isn't right. right. There's some level of truth and intuition operating there in my perspective and how I'm seeing that. And, and then I think it's important for people to sort of at least in some ways 
try to gather a picture of intuition and what what clear or clear factories faculties are operating and if i might ask you what do you find if you can look back on that moment do you find that there was a sense of clear feeling was it a feeling that you got a knowing it was like a total knowing and that's the clair uh sentience no the clair gnosis is really what's alive in my system and i think it's really cool for people to be able to explore what how it works for them but for me i have this really strong knowing deep in my core doesn't feel as much physical uh, but it feels kind of this like overall alignment through all of my bodies. So my physical body all the way out to my soul body or my light body and everything is just like totally aligned when I know something. And that's how, what I've actually been able to use in the channeling that I now do is an openness to the knowing that arises within my own field. So I don't hear it. I do see in a certain way, holograms which is pretty cool. They kind of look like this, like crazy moving holographic images. And what are you pointing to there for the, for our, our audio listeners? Well, oh yeah, our audio listeners. So we have this really cool piece of art. If you check out our YouTube channel, you'll be able to see it. And it has this beautiful rose that has DNA spirals coming out of it, sprouting out into a Merkaba with wings. And although it's a 2D image, you can really feel into kind of the energetic frequency of how it's moving. And I think that for me that experience of kind of a 3d holographic image with a knowing is is how i've been able to access a lot of that and it's been through trial and error Hmm. and you know talking to the people that are closest to me and something will pop into my field and instead of me brushing it away and saying well i don't know those things or i don't know how you know i don't know where that came from or i'm not psychic. I hear so many people that I talk to that are like, well, I'm not psychic. Well, maybe you are. Maybe you just haven't been taught how to listen to it or haven't been told that it was valid. And for me, as it started to come online, I just said, okay, I'm going to start talking about it. So I would talk to the people closest to me and they'd be like, whoa, that's really true. Or I'd get these crazy goosebumps that would run down my whole body. And I would have this very clear feeling that I needed to tell someone I didn't know something. And that was scary at first, but as I started doing it, the, the profound integration that was able to come from that for someone that I had never met was incredibly powerful to the point where I was starting to understand that I had a gift that I could bring to someone. And the way that my guides through that knowing have clarified things for me is the information that downloads in my system is specifically and only given if and when it's for the person's highest good and highest integration at the time. So I can't just run around, you know, being the freak show that talks to dead people. I mean, I probably could, but like my guides are really, everything that comes through is really to support the being that I'm working with or talking to in what's ready to shift in their life and future for their soul's highest good, for their next integration and next steps. Right. Yeah, and it sounds like what you were kind of doing was you're playing with this hologram and playing with this knowing. And I know for me, well, I know 
it is the knowing for me. And it's also a clairsentience. It's a mm-hmm. feeling that I get. And sometimes I have to catch up with that feeling to understand what it is exactly that's going on in my system and my body and my senses that I can actually tap in and, and actually gain a sense of, of truth or knowing about something. Um, and then the other, if you were, there's a few things you were saying about supporting someone in their awakening. Um, and I'm kind of trying to tie this idea of clarifying these different ways of clearly, you know, knowing, seeing, feeling, hearing. To me, there's really four. It's sort of like a clear hearing, uh, the clear audience, the clear seeing, clear audience, uh, clairvoyance, clear knowing, clair- clairnosis, and the clear feeling is clairsentience. Would you agree with that? Do you think there's more to that picture? I feel like there's another one, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. But I think, yeah, I, I feel, I feel. See here, I go using the feeling mm. word, although I don't label myself as much of a feeling person from that perspective, although I spent most of today crying and having feelings come online. So we'll see what changes about that. I think there needs to be or can be kind of a fluidity where for me, the way I understand it for myself is the clairnosis. And even though I feel like I see the holograms, I still don't feel like it's very like clairvoyant necessarily. And so we all kind of understand it in a different way. But I think it's just kind of that openness to all of a sudden, you know, something's coming through. Am I paying attention? Totally. Yeah. I think there's, there's something to mention around and and highlight around semantics and linguistics and how I could say that I see you and yet I'm actually using my senses and I'm feeling something, or I can say, I see you and I'm actually pulling in maybe some visual and I'm actually visually seeing, I'm maybe visually seeing you and your face and your skin, but then there's also a symbolic element to that intuitive faculty that I'm using. Which is why I love light language because then we're not having to deal with interpretation. It's strictly (laughs) angelic frequency or light frequency or love frequency. And then we're not having to define things. (laughs) So this is probably why a lot of people get mixed up in this world and why it's, it's gotten sort of this weird rep. It's gotten a kind of a um, sort of a reputation. Oh, another psychic, another medium, or I don't know what it is people are saying necessarily, but I think there's, there's a stigma around it because really, in my opinion, is this interpret, it's interpretation. We have a mind and our mind wants to make things up. And it's sometimes hard to interpret something that's just a feeling. It's just so, so in the senses, or it's just a knowing. And that knowing sometimes can be um, something that just comes in. And so how do you logically explain that? There's, um, there's a, an element of trust. That's part totally. of this. Yeah. And it's trust of self, trust of, really, it's trust of spirit and knowing that you are that also. And the reality is that I believe all of us have, well, we all have different gifts, but we all bring different, we bring those gifts to the table. And as a collective, we can create magic if we're willing to, and uh, coming up with ways that we can play together. And so, yeah, another medium and another psychic and another and another, because eventually as this awakening process, and I'm sure for a lot of the listeners that are joining us, they've ex- probably experienced it at some level in their own system where after that initial awakening happens, it does start to feel like things are speeding up. And I think that for a lot of us, it's like, so for some of us, we feel like we're in hyperspace right now. And it's kind of wacky. But if you can find that community around you and, you know, do the wacky together, why not? Totally. And I love your reframe there too, you know, cause that's, that's the kind of reframe we really need. We need another, 
another one. And we, we need, um, you know, it's, it's, it's also flipping that idea of competition, I think, too, to right. where we're not just seeing another person who's operating in a similar way as someone who that we're competing with in our profession. That right. maybe we can talk and hang out, see what's going on in your field. What do you know that I don't? And how can we inform each other in new ways that it, that's expansive? Um, well, so what will the world be like when we have 8 billion people who are all tapped into their Claire gifts? That's going to be a completely different way of living. It won't be, it won't, we would have absolutely no need for competition at that point. The collective will be in such a beautiful, collaborative, love-based space. And let's hold the vision for that for sure. Yeah. I wonder what that will look like. Hmm. Hmm. I think <laughs> we'll be here to experience it. Yeah, I think so. I think it's happening fast. There is, there is an element of, excuse me, time speeding up in some ways where when I think about 10 years ago, it just feels different. Mm -hmm. It feels like there's fundamentally the, the fabric of our existence has shifted or changed in some ways. I think, I'm not sure what the source of this was, uh, but it may have been actually from iAwake Technologies. They're a company that um, they basically layer meditation tracks on one another and they're basically capturing um, the resonant tones of the earth and nature and so forth, and then layering that with frequencies that entrain the brain into a meditative state. So they've been sort of um, known to take someone in about 15 minutes to a meditative state that's taken years for, you know, say like a monk's practice. Mm -hmm. um, and they're, you know, it's accelerating people into brain, brain frequencies that are supporting health. And there's a number of benefits in that, et cetera. But one of the frequencies they've used is the shamanic holographic frequency of the earth. And there's a mention of how that frequency has actually increased from somewhere around eight, I think it's maybe megahertz or something like that to maybe around 30. So there's some exponential amount of, um, you know, shift and change in the frequency, the actual frequency of the earth in the last say 20 or 20 or so years. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you think about 20 years ago, it was, you know, the year 2000 and man feels like things are so different just since then, or since I was in elementary school in the nineties, I don't know. It just totally feels like it's vibrating at a much higher frequency. Right. And part of me thinks, well, is it technology? I mean, people were walking around with boom boxes in the nineties and now we've got, you know, this iPhone or Samsung that's got... Thanks for including me, by the way. Right. <laughs> I'm the Samsung. <laughs> iPhone here on the dark side. <laughs> Truly the dark side in some ways, <laughs> at least financially. <laughs> so yeah, anyways. Um, yeah, it's, I think the, the technology and then there's actual, there's a feeling and there's a sense of it and there's a way people maybe speak to it in the news and so well, I mean, we... the, the point that you just made, I mean, yes, there's, we could argue all day long about is technology good or bad or speeding things up or disconnecting people. And at the same time, what you just shared about a 15 minute meditation, being able to do to someone's brain, what can take 30 to 50 years of meditation, that's completely blowing the doors off of what's possible from an awakening and connectivity process. If, if, the entire world were to wake up to that sort of 15 minutes a day meditation. Think about the frequency shift that could be created. You know, you hear about these worldwide global meditations that can literally shift 
crime rates in places around the world that have really high crime rates. I mean, it's absolutely amazing what's possible when we can reach heart coherence. So I think there is, you know, the technology is definitely playing a part of it for sure, um, probably for good and for bad, but that's the possibilities that are available to us now that weren't available 20 years ago and will it be available 20 years from now if we're really utilizing this in community and we stay in connectivity and we continue to open our channels to the frequencies that are outside of the third dimension of you know us just believing that i'm a you know being in a body and we realize that we have an oversoul that is working with the oversouls of all 8 billion people on planet earth and however many other billions of beings there are in the multiverse i mean there's so much incredible possibility for what we can create totally i love hearing this yeah it's amazing i mean it's amazing to to reorient the way we understand our belonging our sense of belonging not only in our our immediate family and our culture and our, our tribe, but in the, in terms of the, the planets and, and the galaxy and mm -hmm. beyond. Yeah. Yeah. And feeling those frequencies for me has been something that has opened in my system and has been, I, I now channel light language, which as a sort of simple definition of that, I look at it as the frequency of love that is being sent towards planet earth. Uh, towards all of us beings from resonant frequencies across the board. So the angels, the, our ancestors, uh, the ancestors of the earth. So that would be elves, fairies, dwarves, unicorns. Uh, the dolphins and whales have a beautiful light language. They have a frequency of love. Extraterrestrials have a frequency of love. And so there are all of these kind of rays that are being sent towards earth because we're kind of the galactic royalty experiment running right now in the multiverse. You know, we're a blend of all sorts of different extraterrestrial races and we're carrying all of that DNA and they're wanting to know is are we going to be able to figure out how to merge back into oneness again? Or are we just going to mess it all up and have to start a new experiment? And so I think they really want us to achieve the, you know, the ultimate goal of merging back to oneness, of finding that peace, of reaching that golden age of miracles, the age of Aquarius, whatever you want to call it. So I think we have a ton of support on the other side. And I think the veils are getting thinner and those frequencies are coming through and it's pretty funny to watch kids i mean i remember being you know i used to speak gibberish when i was a kid and my mom was religious and she spoke in tongues and turns out she was speaking light language it's pretty wild that's amazing and so yeah well so how do you was there a moment where you first started to begin channeling some of these frequencies in and you said, oh, wow, I'm actually channeling this. I'm, I'm pulling in this, this from a source from somewhere else that's not necessarily me. Yeah, first I had to be willing to make funny sounds without laughing at myself, <coughs> which, you know, is <laughs> really hard because sometimes it sounds really funny. But for me, when I really understood that there was a frequent, an underlying frequency of love coming from benevolent beings was the impact that it had on other people. So I've spoke, I speak 
light language and usually the language that comes through is not for me it's for the other being that's receiving the transmission and so the first couple times i googled light language on youtube i would just come across whatever video came across and i would find myself crying it was like i don't even i have no idea what the is going on or what is being said but i could feel such a deep peace in my system and then as those frequencies started to come through my voice and land for other people and then they would change depending on who I was talking to and then I started drawing them and people would have these incredible experiences with the art where they would just like have super hot flashes or an immediate remembering or you know fall into tears of joy or all of a sudden, you know, feel like they were back at home. I mean, there was so many different things that started to happen for people that I realized, holy shit, this stuff's, it's doing something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I'm, and if I'm willing to come at it, like we were talking about earlier from that sense of play and that I can't do it wrong, then, hey, if it's blessing people and they're feeling more connected and they're feeling at peace and they're feeling loved, why the heck not make weird noises? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like a good way to to normalize things for yourself and maybe for others as well. Yeah, it's a lot easier to put it down on a canvas than, you know, say it out loud. But it it's something about, it's basically what I've come to understand. And there's a couple of really great books. There's one, I can't remember the title, but it's a book written by Jamie Price, who's been channeling light language for years. And it's, there's all different levels of frequency. So it can be signed in the hands it can be sung or spoken it can be written and you can it's really the concept is like this 5d frequency so if you think about this like giant fire hose of information coming in the 5d and then you got to get it all the way down to this teeny tiny trickle in the 3d we're trying to cram a lot of frequency into that tiny space and So it can sometimes feel very overwhelming for the person who's channeling. And oftentimes you will need to write it, sing it and sign it all at the same time in order to even try and get the frequency out. So it's a a pretty fascinating experience for sure. But seeing how it impacts other people is uh, it's pretty, pretty special. I mean, between that and reading past lives and the, ancestors on the other side that really want to support us and you know all those different i mean there's so many magical things that can be brought through by being an open channel for ourselves and for others do you find that you can channel really anything or do you find there's a there's sort of like a i mean we live in this sort of infinite you know we live in an infinite world infinite nature there's infinite possibilities to me i suppose the same thing is for channeling you can absolutely channel anything. I had an experience. I mean, I'm constantly shocked at the stuff that starts to come through. The first time uh, a being from the other side, someone who had passed on a dead person, if you will, came through, I was totally blown away and I got chills all over my body. And the message that they had for the person I got to share with was just so powerful. And then recently I was in Italy and went truffle hunting in Rome and the guy took us back to his house for lunch and brought up his sick dog, Pepe. And Pepe starts talking to me through me to talk to his owner. And I was able to facilitate this amazing conversation between the two of them where he shared that he had plans of coming back, that he was going to be, you know, 
back in his life that he had been in his, in his life before. And the guy had never heard any of these concepts. He starts crying. He felt so relieved. Pepe died two days later. And he sent me a WhatsApp and just said, you know, thank you so much for facilitating that because I would be in such a different place if I thought I had just lost this dog forever. And so, yeah, you could, t- I mean, there's, it's incredible, this, the information and the, the frequency and really the love that's available to us when we're willing to open up, f- up to it. Totally. I mean, what's interesting from my perspective, and thanks for sharing that, because I think for a lot of us, it's kind of like, what, what are the limits in this? And the really, really, there are none in, in a lot of ways. For me, what was so interesting was the planets, channeling the planets and being an astrologer and, and seeing how I work on that level of gnosis, And I get a feeling, I get a sense for something happening in my body and it was really you who supported me in activating a lot of that and seeing seeing this greater sort of thread of, of how that's going on and, and to open up to, whoa, you know, I'm talking to these planets. I'm I'm actually having conversations with them and it's it's a communication channel. It's it's not necessarily me speaking to them, but it's something coming through. And if 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 I'm looking in a book and I'm trying to understand transits and planets and archetypes and symbolism and, and understanding how astrology works, how, how there is this concept of as above, so below, as within, so without, then I need a direct experience. It's not enough for me to intellectually engage with concepts anymore. I need, I need to, to find out, okay, like, and, and what is that? And for me, I guess it was kind of a meditative state. It was sort of like, all right, I'm going to feel into this now and see what happens. And it was sort of, okay, just being open and actually feeling, just getting information coming in. And um, another friend of mine who sort of opened me up to channeling was through writing. Mm -hmm. And she just said, okay, you got a blank piece of paper, you got a pen, go for it. You know, just, just whatever comes through. And if it's a word, anything, just go with it, write it down. And so I began to write down this word and you start forming a sentence and you're like, oh, okay. And then you can get a sense for, for your own filter mm-hmm. and just checking in with yourself and seeing, well, what is, um, what is my filter here? Because I think with any channel or any medium, any channeling work, it seems like there really is this filter that we, that we have and cleansing and clear, clearing and purifying that filter is really maybe part of this art and mastery of channeling. Yeah, and before we move too far away from the channeling of the planets, because that's one of the coolest things that you do, I think it's uh, important that the listeners get to hear a little bit about what you do and what you bring to the table, because what obviously creating luminous possibilities has been your vision to bring a more collaborative view. But I think one of the coolest things so far that I've experienced with you is your ability to work with that planetary energy basically as a direct channel for the planets you know i've always a lot of us woo woo spiritualists talk about the energy of gaia and talking to gaia and the messages that she has for us but the conversations that we have had of all of the other planets it was something that i wasn't even aware was possible and by you being willing to share that and really doing your astrological readings through that lens it's not just what you were taught in your training 
but really more you actually opening to that channel and looking at someone's chart and seeing how that information comes through for them, you're able to view things in a way that I feel like is very, very unique as an astrologer. And it really has absolutely changed my life because in the couple of months that we've been hanging out, um, now I can talk to planets. And so I think it's like, as we begin to open those doors for each other as a collective and, you know, people listening to this podcast hearing like, whoa, you can talk to planets. If you start tuning into any of those different energies and open that channel, uh, you can, you can do some really cool stuff. And that's, that has brought through, some incredible things for for me in understanding my relationship with Venus, tying myself back to my priestess lineage that I have from previous lives. And so it's it's pretty profound. Yeah, it's a, to me, there's been a severance in the way that science has been um, collaborating and working with art and to me, the art, the art world is full of intuition. It's full of this, this imaginative world. Um, and so there's, there's a fine line between um, listening and pulling information, I think, in from a source and then just making something up. But then we're also these creators. We also have this imaginative faculty that, that is creating something. It's when I, I guess, receive some information for me it's more on the feeling level there's a frequency and there's a knowing of that as information that's that's not necessarily mine and and then there's this way of creating um and working with my imagination to sculpt a language around what that frequency is like because like you said sometimes the information is coming from that fifth dimensional space it's coming from somewhere else and then it's up to us to sort of filter it and sort of be imaginative with how we interpret it, how we actually uh, use language to, to basically be a translator and be the, the translator of something that's not really, that's said to be not translatable. And in some ways, there's always an ineffable quality to something that comes in that's a, that's a sheer frequency. It's, you can't quite speak what it is, but then there's a way you can put it in words that does sort of dance with with how it's shaped and what the message is um, and what the essence of, of it is, um, maybe why it's showing up. Um, but yeah, I appreciate that. I, I, I do feel that, you know, that's probably one of the bigger things missing in the field of, of astrology is, is the direct experience with the fact that we are on this living planet and this planet has a consciousness. We, if we truly are one with everything, and we're one with each other, then we're one with this planet. And there's a way of, you know, sharing this awareness. There's a, we actually do share the awareness. And so in some ways, it's kind of just changing the dial to me. Mm -hmm. And so with the planets, it's the same thing. It's if we can, I think the earth and Gaia is a really great place to start because what, what is the earth actually holding as a frequency? What is her message? Mm -hmm. If we have all these people saying in the news, well, oh, wow, there's a, you know, we need to save the world and the, you know, the earth is not going to be okay. I just take all that with a grain of salt because I think she's actually doing pretty awesome. And the, that's the, the message she's always giving me is <laughs> you guys are so cute thinking you could destroy me. I'm really good at playing along. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we've got a friend, Lindsay, who does EFT tapping and um, 
I mean, she's in a constant dialogue with Gaia and it's really interesting to see what comes through with her because it, it resonantly feels so true mm-hmm. to me when I hear some of her, the way she's picking out these, these messages. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to bring it back to you, but I, I guess I'll just kind of speak to the, to the fact that, um, you know, these, these planets also have a living consciousness as well. And if we can expand our own personal consciousness into that field of awareness, we can sort of match it and actually be like we're sitting in the same room together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes a little bit of practice, but, and I'm still learning myself too. There's plenty, plenty of experience to, to be had. Um, but that's, that's the way I sort of approach it is, is sort of finding a setting an intention mm-hmm. and then finding that frequency and just seeing what comes through. And it's the same thing with the, the pen and paper, mm-hmm. you know, Oh, there's this word. And then that word feels resonant. So maybe I can, use that to create a sentence or find some way to build this message that's there for yeah, us really the, at any time. Yeah. I love the example you, you gave of the turning the dial. Like, so you could tune into the frequency just by kind of tuning the dial to any of those planets. For me, especially when I'm working with more of the light code frequency or light language frequency, I experience it more as like a whole bunch of different antennae coming off of my head. And it's like, I can feel as my, um, it's funny, anytime that I'm channeling, my eyes roll back in my head. It's really interesting. So I'm like going up into those antennae on the top of my head and I can start to like feel the different vibrations that exist up there and just kind of pick one and bring it down and transmit it. And so it's kind of a, just kind of cool, different imagery for people to feel into whether the, the antenna makes more sense or the dial or whatever. It's again, I keep coming back to this idea that it's really more about play and exploration. And if we don't let ourselves play in that space, we'll never know what a mm-hmm. magical gifts and wisdom our, our ancient souls are here to to gift to each other and to explore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what's coming through for me right now with along with what you're saying is the importance of recognizing wholeness. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think, you know, you and I have both done a fair amount of personal work and self-discovery and soul searching. And um, what I found is that in some ways the channel for me has opened up more the more that I that I resonate with my wholeness, the more mm-hmm. that I recognize that there's that there doesn't need to be anything that needs to change. It doesn't need to be fixed, um, and it's it's just a sense of fullness. I mean, energetically, sometimes I do feel drained. I do feel a little off. I do feel like something is missing, and it's just a cue. It's a feedback for me to to then fill my cup, so to speak. And I think that anytime there's there is sort of you know, maybe problems, so to speak, with what's coming through a channel. Are you full? Are you, you know, that's the question I have it because I think a lot of it, a lot of the interpretations largely, um, they may be filtered in such a way where the channeler or the translator is is attempting to fill themselves up and there's there's some imbalance or incongruency. So there's a match. And then if you're translating something, then you might you might be creating that match through your translation, but if you're recognizing the wholeness within that that inherent sense of unity, then there's not too many problems. I 
Yeah, I think I think kind of what you're pointing to to a to a certain degree is at least from my perspective, I talk to a lot of people who are very worried about opening the channel to the beings because of all of the evil that's on the other side. Or what if something bad happens or what if I can't con- control what comes through? And that's really never been a concern of mine because everything that has come through has been so benevolent, but there's also you know, my, I think my belief structure with what you're talking about, with believing that everything is whole and everything is love, that just doesn't have space for any of that garbage that might want to float through. Right. It's, it's not what my antennae are tuning to. It's not how you're not turning your dial to that channel. Mm-hmm. So that I believe as you really work with that, if, if opening and channeling is something that the listeners want to really begin to open up to, you can really visualize yourself surrounded in a column of white light and, you know, growing those branches of access down through your roots to access the frequencies of Gaia and everything that she has to share with us and up through your crown through imagining tree branches and having that either, you know, the violet flame type light or a clear white light, knowing that those things are there and protecting you. And the reality is that the the souls and the beings that are here on this planet right now are not here to mess around. You know, we are here to ascend a planet and that means that we have an incredible guide team on the other side. So as I've gotten to know my guides and especially green Tara, I have complete and utter trust that she's got my back and she's not going to waste my time with any BS either. Mm -hmm. And so kind of calling in your guides and your support, calling in that column of light, growing out your roots and just allowing yourself to start to have that experience of what may come through. And it might feel or look or sound or know differently than you expected. But if you can be in that play space and you have, you know, if you, especially if you have a group of friends, I mean, Facebook is a great resource right now uh, to find these types of communities where you can begin to have these conversations and exploration where, you know, you could be doing this over Zoom if you don't have anybody in your local Mm -hmm. community where you can start to play and practice. Totally. And I think uh, just to kind of, throw something in there on top of that, that with the body, which, which you mentioned with the eyes, your eyes roll back in your head a little bit. And I find that's true for myself as well. And sometimes if I close my eyes and my eyes roll, they don't want to go up. It's like I'm, there's something in my body. There's, there's actually an integration needed on the lower chakras, mm. in the lower chakras. Um, just from practicing yoga, meditating, and finding myself always, I mean, in some ways you're moving up those eight limbs to samadhi and, and finding this um, way of just bringing the energy upward, upward from the root up to the crown. And the times where I'm like, why is my energy not going up? And how am I not connecting here, like out of the out of the crown and up and creating this channel? And, that, and really, I don't necessarily see it as um, moving the energy upward. It's both. It's moving it upward and downward and mm-hmm. allowing this flow, allowing that flow within the torus of our energetic system, which is kind of just, I mean, symbolically, there's the apple, sort of like placing a big apple over. It's like we're living in an apple. Um, and a lot of us- And I our think, bodies are kind of the core of the apple. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that I've sort of held the view of, well, I'm, I'm actually- 
um, I have this soul somewhere and I'm this body, I'm this person, I'm this human, and I have a soul inside of me or outside of me. But I think it's actually that we're actually living in our soul field. Mm -hmm. And this apple is in some ways representative of that. And there's a, there's a way of sort of harmonizing and opening the channels to, to flowing freely. And I think the times where if like, say your eyes aren't moving up, maybe it's time to take a nap or <laughs> just relax, or maybe you need to move, literally move your eyes from a, a table's point of view lower and start to notice how the energy changes and you shift into more of a heart space or you start moving into more of your gut and your sacral and root chakra. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think I like that you're bringing up the soul body because a, a lot of the beings that I work with, I do um, some really fascinating sessions where I'm able to kind of combine all of these different things into, you know, a 90 minute session. And one of the first things that I like to do is really meet people in their soul field, because a lot of times, if you're a soul who's had multiple lives on many different planets and been exploring the galaxy and done some pretty expansive work, it can feel rather contained to be in a 3d physical form. That's somewhere between four foot five, and six foot five, you know, you don't get much bigger than that unless you're lucky and you get an eight foot body, but that doesn't happen very often. Not that I don't think I would really want an eight foot body, but anyway, be big enough anyway. Different, different, <laughs> different point. The point is that the soul field can be very, very large. And so letting yourself kind of acknowledge that that too is your body can be a really cool experience for people. So that's one of my favorite things as I work with clients is to really meet them in that soul field to help them feel how expansive their system really is and the access that they have across all of those fields of their system and bringing that wisdom in and getting to call that embodiment as well. Totally, I think, yeah, I love what you've offered in what you've offered in terms of our discussions regarding embodiment in that sense, because I've typically thought about it. Well, Oh, I'm, if I'm not embodied, I'm not in my physical body. And so, huh, I need to ground more. I need to get into more of that body. But then I realized, wow, I'm just hanging out in a different body. Right. We have five bodies, at least in some, in some schools of thought, we have the physical body, the emotional body, the lower mental, the upper mental, and the, emo and the soul field, which actually lives that the edge, if your soul field actually had an edge, lives right next to divine intelligence. And so we have this you know, giant field that we can play with, and all of that gets to count as embodiment. Totally. There's not really one wrong body to be in, uh, you know, unless sometimes there could be moments where you're not integrated right. in all of them. Yeah, and you want to have access across all all levels and all fields. And if you are like hiding from something or running away from something, like I'm really great at running away from my emotional body and everybody around me knows it. So I might Likewise. as well just rat myself out. <laughs> um, but that's the place where I find the most resistance. I'm great in my soul field. Like I could hang out there all day. Mm -hmm. I could pretty much do physical body too. But if I have to go in the emotional body, it's like bleh. So that's my growth edge, where for somebody else, it might be, you know, getting out into the soul field a little bit more. Totally. And I think it's largely, it seems about recognizing where are you? And, and if you're there, then how do you honor and recognize the intelligence within that body, and then pull more of that into the other bodies to, to create a more integrated sense of wholeness? Because if you're hanging out on the soul body, you know, as my experience has been in perhaps years as well, sometimes the, 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 um, 
the levels closer to earth, you know, the lower mental and then the physical it's, it's your, I've not wanted to be in that body as much and until, until I do, you know, but, but it's not that I, I don't want to be there because I, I'm resisting it necessarily for, um, some negative negative aspects it's, it's like i just feel like i'm flying and i'm having more fun in the other i'm connected to a whole other realm mm-hmm. so it's it's just about it seeing some of the beauty in all of them and sort of giving permission to hang out where you need to hang out and mm-hmm. then also um, recognize that it, it can take you a little far, far out um, from the immediate lived experience in the physical yeah, and then if you have resistance for for some reason in your system, being curious about why you might be staying away from that particular body. And if you are working on your growth, development, awakening, ascension, all of that, that probably is the place where you want to go hang out. Give yourself a good cry like I did today. Yes, indeed. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's all, it's all welcome. Yeah, right. And, that's, and it's not so bad crying, right? I mean, it feels kind of good. I don't know. My eyes still hurt. <laughs> <laughs> it's been done for at least three hours hopefully it doesn't start again today. yeah i mean i at find the, the more that i'm in my emotional I'm like wow this feels good it feels good to feel angry it feels good to feel sadness it feels good to i mean experience all of these emotions even though it's also nice to but that probably is a topic for another podcast <laughs> it is it definitely is so how can we wrap things up i mean we're, we're we've been going for a little bit um I'm kind of just feeling into any loose ends. We're definitely going to have some more conversations. It's been Absolutely. an honor and such a pleasure to speak in this in this way with you. Yeah, and I would love to have every anyone who's interested in working with me in some way or is curious about light language, you can connect with me at marasatara.com and on Facebook, marasatara. And watch for our Mind and Keenan's podcast that we're putting together. That's called Alchemy and Ecstasy. We're going to be sharing all sorts of uh, channeled information we've been getting from Venus and Jupiter and all sorts of exciting stuff there with archetypes and uh, yeah, cool stuff on the horizon. Sounds good. Well, if there's nothing else you want to add or close out with other than that, I think we'll call it a wrap. Sounds great. All right. Catch you next time. Sounds good. Bye.